0: Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos Podcast. I'm Ross. I'm Gordon. Hi, Gordon. Do you know which light shaper every photographer should own, regardless of their expertise with lighting?
1: Well, I have an idea. But since you started this with such a leading question, uh, you clearly have something you want to talk about. So why don't we do that?
0: you are as perceptive as always. (laughs) When I say light shaper, I mean an accessory that allows the photographer to control the light. And as photographers, we want to control the light. And the easiest light to control is a flash that is not on the camera. We've uh,
1: spoken many times about the value of a simple hot shoe type flash. And they can be used to off camera via a transmitter and a receiver. Now, from my own experience and from the teaching that has been hammered into me, I believe that a radio frequency control system is superior to the optical control, which is built into many cameras, uh, well, it's in, in the past and some still. I know that I can get an excellent flash with a built-in receiver and a separate transmitter for about 200 bucks, Canadian.
0: Well, that is excellent and consistent advice, and I'm glad that you found that this is true. Now that we've figured out the light source, it's time to pick up the light shaper and to learn how to use it.
1: To those who don't have any kind of training in lighting, and that's pretty much everyone including me the vast number of light shaper options is confusing now if i could buy only one which light shaper will you give me the will give me the most flexibility and the easiest to use and set up
0: well that's an excellent point because if it's difficult we both know that people won't use it it's got to be simple and straightforward and also deliver success easily. And in that case, I will always suggest that a photographer's first light shaper be an umbrella.
1: Okay, so bypassing the bad weather joke, there are still a whole lot of umbrellas out there at a wide range of prices and construction. So it can still be confusing. And advice on this issue is sort of hard to come by these days. There's none online and not very much coming out of the camera stores. So what should we be looking for in an umbrella light shaper?
0: Well, I think the first consideration that folks should look for is size. And when I say size, I mean the diameter of the open umbrella. The goal of any light shaper, as a generalization, is to take that very small source, that flash, and make it bigger because we know that larger light sources look softer and have less contrast. And in general, that's very, very pleasing. Direct flash from a hot shoe flash, particularly a hot shoe flash mounted in the hot shoe, is never a good look. Consequently, I propose the ability to take that flash off camera, like we talked about already, and fire it into an umbrella that is between 30 inches and 36 inches in diameter when it's fully open?
1: Ah, yes, the umbrella. It's simple, it's straightforward, and it's still confusing. And I say this because browsing through various websites, etc., I get thrown something of a loop by words like parabolic, general shape, octagonal, and also a mention of sundry interiors and exteriors of of the umbrellas. Can you elaborate about any of this?
0: Yes, I think this is a very important set of questions for folks, particularly as you're getting into your first light shaper. I'm going to recommend an umbrella that is lined with a silver material. Silver is very reflective. It doesn't change the color temperature at all. And it does allow for the umbrella to be a little bit farther from the subject than one that is lined only in white. However, when you look at an umbrella, you will also often find one that allows you to remove the silver liner to reveal a white liner. The white liner is less reflective, but also has less contrast, which is very, very nice for faces. So the idea here is that one umbrella can actually give you two kinds of light. Very nice. A true parabolic umbrella has a tighter coverage pattern, by definition, and there is a flash position on that center post of the umbrella that is, in fact, optimal. The whole concept of a parabola is that all the light rays that strike inside the parabola emerge parallel to each other. Whether a parabolic umbrella is worth the extra expense is personal. In my opinion, it is, but that is only because as one becomes more accomplished at lighting, we also become more demanding of directional control and spill control.
1: That sounds simple, and it's interesting. I guess I had not appreciated before that the parabola gives you a sort of a parallel beam coming coming out of it. So my understanding is that it would be, it would be quite directional as composed as compared to maybe something else.
0: And you'd be correct. It is more directional. You still get some spill but not nearly as, as much as you would get with a generic umbrella.
1: So I've, I've also heard and read about a shoot-through umbrella. And uh, shoot-through sort of is the, the opposite of what we were just talking about. So how, where, where do these fit into the scheme of umbrella uses?
0: Well, when we purchase umbrellas back in the past, we would often have to choose between a reflective umbrella and a shoot-through umbrella. Today, we can find umbrellas that have a black backing, but that can, backing can be removed along with the silver lining. And this leaves us an umbrella that is only a thin white panel. doesn't affect the color temperature at all. And by putting the umbrella between the flash and the subject, you achieve the effectiveness of a scrim. A scrim is something that's been used in film and for photography for years because it creates a very large, very soft, and very spread-out light. Really excellent for larger groups or larger subjects. Thus, in general, the best umbrella is one with a removable silver liner and a removable black backing so it can be both reflective and shoot-through.
1: Okay. Okay. So to summarize what has been said, this reflective version allows you to focus or at least to add a degree of direction or directionality to the light to a greater or lesser degree depending upon whether it's a shallow umbrella or a deep dish parabolic system. And if I understand correctly, the shoot-through variety provides you with something resembling a light bomb. It's spreading and diffusing the light over larger areas. Think a family gathering at Christmas or something along those lines. And since the linings are changeable, in effect, you have a multifunctional light shaper in a simple, sleek package. But I've heard that people complain that they bought an umbrella system that just didn't hold up are some construction design features more sturdy or better than others
0: well definitely so while the center post of the umbrella is most commonly aluminum and that's not a bad thing i prefer fiberglass for the bending rods that actually create the umbrella dish we can find umbrellas with aluminum rods to create the dish, but they're much more fragile. And unfortunately, if they get bent and it does happen, they're nearly always irreparable. So, my recommendation when looking at an umbrella is look for one with fiberglass rods, but a mental center post. Also, look for the locking mechanism that holds the umbrella open to be one that actually holds the umbrella open. <laughs>
1: Okay so now we have an umbrella. So how do I set it up and how do I put my flash into the system?
0: Well you're going to need a couple of pieces of gear and these pieces of gear are the light stand and the umbrella bracket with a cold shoe that attaches to the top of the light stand. You don't have to spend a ton of money on a light stand, Just get one with the tubes of the stand of sufficient diameter that they won't bend in a slight wind. I use Manfrotto stands myself, but there are some very decent clone stands available. The umbrella bracket is usually metal and attaches to the 5 eighths inch stud or screw on the top of the light stand. It's one of the things we look for in a decent light stand is that it uses a standard spud. The upper half of this bracket has a tilt adjustment, so you can adjust the tilt of the umbrella flash combination. And also in that area, there'll be a hole drilled to take the umbrella's center post. This means that you can place the umbrella at different distances from the flash and the flash bracket, depending upon the size of the umbrella and the type of coverage or spill control that you want. On the top of the bracket, you want to make sure that there's a cold shoe on which to mount your flash. Again, I use the Manfrotto umbrella brackets myself, but there's some very good clones out there as well. I look for a cold shoe with some kind of locking mechanism, and when mounting the flash, use the bracket lock as well as the lock on the flash foot itself. I like this double locking mechanism because in my own experience, gravity always works, and watching your flash fall from a bracket is not fun it's cringe inducing
1: mm-hmm. and i'm glad you mentioned that the mentioned the, the locking mechanism on on the cold shoe cuz if you think about it you've got this skinny little shoe locking into the hot shoe of the umbrella that's not that's not a whole lot of support for something that you're going to be bending up and down and moving sideways and and because i have dropped flashes off them with some regularity even when I know that I have actually taken the time to lock things down. So I have now switched to using a Bowens mount system wherever I can. Essentially, it's a system that fits on the top of the light stand. It's got an adjustable socket which locks the whole head of the flash in place. And it's difficult to describe one of these without a visual to point things out. But it does become brilliantly transparent in its function once you get your hands on it. Again, good quality ones are coming more and more affordable from the what's rapidly becoming a go to lighting supplier, and they are a reasonable price. And oh. They are also drilled to accept the umbrella rod. So how does so with, with all of this you you mentioned putting where the brackets and the equipment goes now where do we put the flash in all of this?
0: It's really crater's choice but let's break it down to two common methods. We're going to start with a reflective setup that is the flash fires into the bowl of the umbrella In this case, you put your umbrella on the stand with the inside of the umbrella's bowl facing the subject. Now, it's a good guideline to try to aim that, and you do so by orienting the umbrella so if you were looking down the center post, like a guide rail, it would be pointing directly at the most important part of your subject. This is pretty easy to do. It's very visual. You know if you're on, and you know if you're not. Set the umbrella center post in the bracket, to catch all of the flash output, so not too far away and not too close. It will take a little bit of experimentation to get it in the position that you think is most beneficial to you, but then it becomes easily repeatable. Some people even take an indelible marker and put a mark on the center post so as they have a reminder of how far into the mount to put the center post for that particular flash. And because most folks are using the same type of hot shoe style flash, that positioning works again and again and does a great job. Now let's look at the second methodology where we're using a shoot through umbrella. We're going to do the same sort of things with the flash and the aiming of the umbrella, except now the umbrella's top, the outer shell of the umbrella, is facing the subject, and you use the center post as your aiming guide. You still fire the flash into the bowl of the umbrella, but now it's going to be diffused into that larger source. This is much less directional than the first option, but is superb for larger subjects and can be more forgiving as we're starting out. Hmm.
1: Okay. Are those essentially the only options that we have in using umbrellas? I keep hearing about feathering and other techniques that I have not quite good a handle on yet.
0: Well, feathering simply means you're not aiming the center post at the subject in either condition. You're aiming it past the subject, either in front of or behind it. This does create a softer light. And this is where experimentation and personal development really comes into play. The recommendations that I've offered earlier are good general guidelines, but there's nothing that says you cannot try different aiming points for different looks. In fact, I encourage that type of experimentation. Get a static subject and then try with your umbrella aiming the center post directly at them. Now try aiming it behind them. Now try aiming it in front. And see how the different looks appeal or don't appeal to you so you know what to do in the next. You know, when it comes to your next shooting situation. Also remember umbrellas are more forgiving because they're less directional than softboxes. And the normal umbrellas are less directional than parabolics. In my opinion and experience, the general umbrella, the general usage not-so-fancy umbrella, is the easiest to learn to use well. You can always add a different size or type of umbrella later on.
1: Okay, I have to admit that you make all of this sound really easy. And having checked both uh, Amazon and B&H, I think that I could get everything that I re- really required for a happy, decent lighting setup relatively inexpensive. Is there anything else?
0: Well, certainly the inexpensive point is important when we're starting out. An umbrella umbrella bracket and light stands is always going to cost you less than a softbox system. Plus, it's going to be a bit more flexible, so a good place to start. But always remember that learning how to light is a different skill from learning to make photographs. Lighting and photography are two different skills that work together beautifully. Because by learning to light, you extend your capabilities and your options for your images. And if you follow this recommended route, getting started is really easy. Gordon is actually nodding his head, which I think is his way of saying, try it, you'll like it. Thanks to all who listen and subscribe, please, to be notified of new episodes. For the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast, I'm Ross.
1: And I'm Gordon. And we will speak to you again as soon as we have something else of interest to share.